flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one it is uh, Wednesday, the 5th of June. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, the bloodshed has begun. <laughs> it's that time of the year, isn't it? It's Game of Thrones time in the AFL. Well, it feels like, uh, again, we get in trouble when we try to compare the AFL to Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's, but like, it feels like the big battle. The, the deaths have come uh, very early in the season. Yeah. This year, little Brendan Bolton, uh, just, you know, look, <laughs> just as he was concentrating on his year 12 exams to be thrown this at the same time. I mean, I just think it is really disrespectful of him, uh, you know, how they carried him into the press conference in that baby Bjorn. I know that Mark LeJudice was trying to help him out, but I don't I don't think I don't think it was very respectful of little Brendan at all. You know what's hilarious is before we started recording, and I knew this would come up, in my head I was like, you know what, Brendan Bolton, we made a lot of fun of him for being a tiny person, but yeah. look, the guy has been through like a hell few days, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back on saying anything that compares him to a baby, or a little person, or anything like that, <laughs> little did I know that you had both barrels cocked and loaded. No, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I love Brendan Bolton. He's, uh, you know, he said that he still loves coaching, which, you know, he loved coaching when he was at Hawthorne. It was a lot lot, lot harder to love coaching when he was at Carlton. So if he still loves coaching, you've got to give him great respect. And, you know, he's been through a lot. I mean, obviously there was that time, you know, his parents were going away for a holiday and they left him home alone at Christmas and he had to fight off those bandits. Yeah, like, there's that. He's had a lot of adversity. Coaching is a really tough job, but it wasn't mm. as hard as that time he worked at that chocolate factory for that crazy no. Willy Wonka guy. <laughs> you know, like I think the hard, he had a lot of hard questions uh, at his press conference, but the hardest questions as you were getting was, uh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, <laughs> do you think Carlton saved a lot of money paying your junior wages? And it's why you don't hire the work experience kid to coach a footy club. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, like, you know, I'm sure that all the experience coaching Carlton will be very good, um, you know, experience at his next job. I mean, there is... Writing the... track work for the Melbourne <laughs> Cup. After the sacking... <laughs> after the sacking of a coach, it is... I mean, this is this is when the pundits really earn their paycheck, isn't it? Like, all the talk and all the discussion about who made the mistake and, you know, is the board to blame? And Now, what's y- your take on this? Like, uh, Chris Jard and, and the president um, have copped a lot of shit because two weeks ago they're like, you know, we're backing Brendan in, you know, we want to we want to see him see the season out. And then two weeks later he gets sacked and people are saying, well, why either honour your word or come out and say you made a mistake? Do you agree with that point of view? Well, I think that uh, mixed messages start at the top. And I think it's actually the fault. I always say it's the fault of the president, the CEO. That's the first person who needs to blame. And I think at Carlton, uh, this is yeah, doubly so. I mean, the fact that Mark LeJudice never cleared up how we're meant to pronounce his name. <laughs> this week, I've heard LeJudice. I've heard LeDudice. I'm not sure even which way the D and the G go in his final name. Like, I mean, again, I know this should be on us. I don't want to get into a BT situation yeah. and say, this is Australia. We pronounce your name. Just clear it up, mate. Just yeah. have a press conference and say to everybody, how's Brendan Bolton meant to concentrate on coaching the team where he doesn't know, he's so worried that he'll run into the president and not know how to say his name. But do you think that, because I was listening to Chris Judd talk about it and he was saying something along the lines of, well, look, 
things changed. When we made that statement two weeks ago, you know, we wanted to believe that it was gonna things were gonna work out like that. But then, you know, after another loss, we just have to reassess. And I completely understand where he's coming from because they would have known two weeks ago that the season's not going well. Maybe they're going to exit him quietly after the bye. Maybe they're going to wait till the season's end. But what you can't make a do a press release or make a statement to the press where you say, "Look, we're not happy the way the season's going." We're just going to give him a few more games, and if that doesn't work out, we're going to sack him. Like You have to present a united front. You have to give that coach the belief that he can win the next couple of games and you can reassess. Yeah, yeah, that's what you've got to do. You've got to believe in Brendan Bolton, and you've got to tell Brendan Bolton that you believe in Brendan Bolton, or he's yeah. just going to start stealing stationery, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you've got to encourage him. But at the same time, they must have a realistic plan for the season, right? They probably mm. had a plan going into the season thinking – we're getting probably towards the end of Brendan Bolton. He was brought in as a teaching coach, you know, for the rebuild. Um, mm. Hopefully this season we win somewhere between six and ten games, but probably not enough that he keeps his job regardless. And then we transition into whoever the new coach is going to be. Then you start to go, oh, maybe we're not going to win. Maybe it's going to be more like three to six mm. games, which is not really what we wanted, which suddenly means Brendan can't make it to the end of the season. But that's our contingency. And mm. if we, if it looks like we're going to win less than three games, we're going to have to sack him really early on. Now, they probably had those discussions in a boardroom. They probably, like, you know, explored what all the contingencies would be in that situation. But you can't then, you know, well, maybe you can. Maybe you should say that at the start of the season to the fans. Mm. So the fans know exactly where they are. In fact, I'll go a step further, Charlie. Yeah. I say that should be the messaging on the banner that the players run through every week. They give you an update on where the coach is, a bit of a likelihood of the coach keeping his job, you know, yeah. what the, what is in balance that day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's what you could do is maybe um, you could have one of those, like, it, it's a, like, you know, the AFL loves putting betting odds everywhere at a ground. Yeah. Why not have the odds for the coach on the banner? This week, you know, is is three dollars twenty to keep his job. <laughs> Next week, it might be a dollar fifteen. I mean, live la- or maybe live ladder style. Yes. Just during a co- yeah during a game, you can cross the sort of the live. You know, is, is there a chance that Brendan Bolton will still have his job at the end of this game? And you can actually get live updates throughing through the game. You know, like you, or you could do that sort of thing. Going, Carlton's going bad. Some careers are ending. Um, if we don't win today. That's it for you, Brendan. Like, you know, actually send it in rhyming couplets. Now, for someone who is uh, absolutely ruthless when it comes to rhymes, did you just rhyme ending with Brendan? Uh, well, what I would have gone with was ending. I would have abbreviated it, obviously, for the banner, for the sake of time. And yeah. so it would rhyme with Brendan. I N apostrophe is that what it would yeah. have been ending? Yeah. Right, okay. We all we won't we won't. Yeah, uh, I don't know what rhymes with Bolton, but I'm sure that we could come up with something. So they must have thought, because you, you were saying like, you know, if, if their belief was like we'll win six to three to six games, caretaker coach, I reckon they thought they were probably going to win more because of that Adelaide draft pick deal. Because if you finish with six wins, that's still, a, you know, like a pretty good draft pick. Why would you trade that away unless you thought you're going to win more? Well, I, you've got to talk about the gap between them and Adelaide, right? Mm. So you're making a bet there on how you'll do in relation to Adelaide. So they obviously thought anywhere within sort of three or four spots of Adelaide, that's you know, that's fine to do, right? Yeah. Because that you know all those players, 
hopefully about the same. But yeah, you, you, you're not thinking that you're going to finish last in that situation. Absolutely not. No, no. And it's also, it's one of those things too, where it's like, if you had magic beans, right? If someone came okay. to you with a handful of magic beans. Which at the moment, Carlton fans would probably take. Yeah. <laughs> the, the good news is, guys, we've found a guy. Our new coach is called Jack, and he's got some magic beans. Well, it, it, I guess it, it now puts the pressure on... I mean, the worst person... The, 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 uh, apart from Brendan Bolton, the, the worst person this is bad for is Alan Richardson. Because now... The focus, and to a lesser extent, like maybe Bevo as well, John Worsfold. Like now, it's the, who's next. In the words of Goldberg, who's next? Like they've got to find the next coach to be under the pump. And so, you'd say you'd park Bevo, right? He's still got enough credits because the 2016 win, even though you're going to set a record for being the only team to have played in a grand final to not make the finals three years in a row. Yeah, but we've got a young team, and maybe we're in a rebuild. You, you've got to give Bevo. Yeah, he, he's got some time up his sleeve. A premiership buys you. A fair amount of time, I would think, with Bevo. How many years, though, of not making finals? I mean, probably another couple. He's still. I, I reckon. What's, what's, he's, the, what's, even the li- what's the live ladder for Bevo? <laughs> what does that look like? Well, I think that Bevo could be pretty happy that he'll get through twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one without getting sacked with us not making finals. But if we didn't make finals, maybe in twenty twenty one, you'd start to have a talk about. You know, that's Damien Barrett this week. Now, him and Damien Barrett famously, you know, don't get on at all. Yeah. But um, Damien Barrett on uh, his podcast did refer to Bevo as uh, saying that perhaps he was one of those uh, musicians who whose album only had one hit on it. <laughs> Basically called him a one-hit wonder. <laughs> so that'll go down well at the kennel. I mean, I'm surprised you're giving him two years. I would have thought if you guys don't make finals next year, it might be... That, well, you know, it's probably, you're probably right. If they don't make finals next year, then there would be like an incredible amount of pressure on 2021 to the point where yeah. if you only win, say, a couple of games halfway through 2021, then he might be exited or he might choose to leave. Choose to leave, perhaps, but I reckon he gets until the end of 2021. We've got a really young team. He's doing a rebuild. He's got us a premiership. Um, you know, maybe halfway through 2021, he goes round to Bob Murphy's place and he knocks on the door and he says... I'll have that medal back, mate. I'm fucking <laughs> off. Yeah, got off. He's got on his it. skateboard. <laughs> so, what do you reckon of the uh, of the potential coaching appointments for for Carlton? The names that are getting bandied about. Brad well, Scott. Okay, answer me this. Uh, in your opinion, um, yep. if, for example, it is Brad Scott that they think is the the best coach of Carlton, is there a, a rule against and B, how would you feel about the idea that if Carlton went, yeah, we've done our, we've talked to everybody. We reckon Brad Scott's the guy. Um, we're going to let him coach the last four games of the season just to get a feel for it. Is that, mm-hmm. is that completely weird? Is that the sort of thing that like, you know, is there any value in, you know, Brad Scott it's, going down there and coaching the end of the season? It's just an uninspired choice because I think what you need now, if you're the Carlton board if you're the club, you need to sell some hope. And I don't know that Brad Scott sells hope. Like Brad Scott is kind of like your good, you know, meat and potatoes, blue collar, 50% coaching record coach. But you need a Malcolm Blight or a Paul Ruse or an Alan Jeans or like a legend. You need to dig up the bones of Jock McHale and bring him down to the club. Soapy Valentine. I want you to, I want you to have a seance and get Soapy Valentine back to Carlton. Well, 
but this is what they have traditionally done, right? Like, Messiah. you know, they got Mick Malthouse, they got Dennis Pagan. That was your sort of, you know, older, you know, legendary coach, but ones who kind of, the game had passed them by a bit by the time mm. they got to Carlton. So they went the different direction with Brendan Bolton. Yeah. They got an eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just swung too far the other way. But you do it in the same way as Ruse and, uh, 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 and um, what's his face at uh, Melbourne? <laughs> The coach of Melbourne. Yep. Simon um, Goodwin. Simon Goodwin, yeah, that, that guy. But you do a succession plan. You do a, like a mentor, director of court, uh, coaching role. I mean, Ruzi, well, I saw him on uh, uh, on the couch or whatever that Monday night show was on Fox House. So my brain is not working today at all. And he was not ruling it out. Like He's like, sure, you know, if I can do the least amount of work possible and get paid a million dollars, sure, you know, I'd, I'd definitely do it. So I think... Because it seemed to work I think at, at, I think at um, high school, the only thing that uh, Paul Ruse would have failed was measurements because he does not have a ruler. He's never <laughs> ruled anything out his entire life. Man, like if you lived, if you had a farm and it was Paul Ruse's responsibility to shut the gate, you would not trust him with that responsibility because he always <laughs> leaves it a slight bit open. If somebody suddenly has $2 million for him to not even have to actually coach the club, for him to just swan in and be Paul Ruse and somebody else has to do all the heavy lifting, Paul Ruse leaves the gate open for that possibility. How many weeks can I spend in Hawaii? Okay, <laughs> I'm in. Well, I believe his current, like his job outside of football is to do with like corporate leadership and leadership training and all that kind of stuff so i think as far as he sees it's like well i do that for a living anyway so you're just going to drop a million bucks in my bank account to come down to the club and just like mentor someone yeah fuck it why not and i think because he's had success with it and he is probably i mean i can't really think of another who's another senior figure outside of coaching that could do that same role that director of coaching role like you wouldn't get rodney Eade. um who else is there? I mean... Grant Thomas. <laughs> Bring Grant Thomas back. I guess, like, Ratten, you'd have to give him the job, wouldn't you? If you brought Ratten back to Carlton, you'd actually just have to give Ratten yeah, the job. You're not going to give him, a, a like, a boss, a director of coaching. I think that'd be a huge... No. I mean, especially considering the way they exited him. You know, after getting to the finals year before and like winning 11 games the following year and it's like not good enough, you're out. I think Brett Ratton would take quite some convincing to go back to that club. Uh, okay. So what if, I mean, is there any guys who are really great mates? Could we have like a kind of a coaching duo? Like well, maybe that's the way you get them in. Well, I think, I mean, I know this has been a lot of talk and it's probably not going to happen, but it would make sense to get Ross Lyon in. Like Ross Lyon... And Paul Roos are great mates. They have similar philosophies when it comes to football, similar age, similar standing. There's the Sauce connection as well. You know, Ross Lyon and Sauce are good mates. Depends if Sauce sticks around. But I think that could be – if they could somehow prize Ross Lyon out of Frio and get him to Carlton, I reckon that would be a really good appointment. Ross and Sauce. The Ross, Ross and Sauce show. The Ross and Sauce connection. Uh. Um, okay, so tell me about – so could Ross come in not as your sort of game day coach or could he come in as a, a transition plan into that sort of senior role? Ross ain't, he yeah. Just wanna... yeah, good luck. I would love to see the pitch meeting where they say, Ross, would like you to be a tra- – can you imagine? Like some guy would die. There would be a broken neck coming out of that meeting. Yeah, he'd be like, a mate, uh, Ross rhymes with boss for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Sauce is like, Sauce rhymes with boss? And Ross is like, it's not your real name, mate. Your name's Stephen. <laughs> 
and that rhymes with leaving. <laughs> so get Which out I'm here. doing right now. <laughs> I still haven't thought of anything that rhymes with Bolton, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, the guy I don't from think... The Bachelorette was called Colton. Hang on. <laughs> I've gone think... a long way there, Russ. I think Ross Lyon, it would be a case of, it'd be one of those mega contracts. They'd have to offer him like a five-year deal, $1.2 million or something. And it'd be a fairly attractive proposition for us. I know Frio are traveling okay at the moment, but he's coming back to a club that has very deep pockets, which is a sleeping giant. If they could just get their shit together and they could revive that Blues fan base, that'd be fairly tempting for Ross, don't you reckon? Well, you do, everybody talks about this, right? That... that that Carlton is the sleeping giant. You know, mm. it's the one that everybody wants to coach. Of course, everybody wants to get their hands on the great young players at Carlton yep. and the sleeping giant of the AFL, Carlton. And, you know, the, the, it, it, but maybe the giant isn't sleeping. Maybe the giant's dead. <laughs> Has anybody checked the pulse of the, the giant? Because there hasn't been a lot of signs of life from the giant for the last 20 years. But in terms of like membership, they would still have a fairly healthy... Mike, Mike, can you, while we're talking, can you just Google what Carlton's current membership is, what their tally is? I mean, I'd put it up around like 60,000 or something. That's pretty good, right? In almost every game we've been beaten, we haven't been good since we stopped cheating. <laughs> That'd be my banner down at Carlton. They've uh, got to lobby the AFL to bring our back young cheating. Pl- our young players, there is no Fulton. We blame it all on Brendan Bolton. <laughs> yeah. Only took us twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I think it could be a good deal for Ross, and I think that I think a he'll make like a shit ton of money, and I just also reckon the kind of knowing what he did at the Saints and what he did at Frio, like taking potential and getting the best out of them, I think that he could do it. All right, what's that? Mike Hal said there's sixty one thousand members at Carlton, so that's a club I mean, that's, that's pretty- not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that is a a great number of. Uh, you know, players, it's of members, isn't it, really? 61,662. Well, maybe they need to, like, do a deal with the devil. They need to get that up another 5,000 or so and just be 66666 and then make some sort of pact with Satan. Well, I think also, if you look at the kind of coaches they've had over the last four years, so Ratton, Malthouse, Pagan, Bolton, they really have gone to the four quadrants of coaching philosophies, haven't they? Like they've gone with the mm. young, cuddly coach. They've gone with the old school, hard ass. Like, and nothing is really, apart from Brett Ratton. I mean, I guess that's the big, that is, that is the, the curly question amongst all this is they actually had a coach with a 50% win-loss record who the players seemed to like and they, they got, kicked him out because they got dazzled by the idea of Mick Malthouse. Yeah, they got dazzled by the idea of like, we can do better than this. They were the person in the relationship with the really nice partner who like someone was flirting with them a bit at work and they were like, you know what? If I was single, I reckon I could really clean up. But they've <laughs> left their really good partner and then had a series of disastrous relationships. Yeah. It's like that episode of Six Feet Under where, uh, you know, the guy uh, has the affair with the stripper and he thinks it's just going to be all glamour and champagne and then within like three weeks, he's like, oh no. This is much worse than what I had. <laughs> Who's this old guy? Yeah. Oh, his mustache smells all the time. I mean, dude, there must have been an element of Carlton because I guess they would have looked at their list back in 2011 and they would have gone, well, we've, I mean, obviously Collingwood had their succession plan and they knew Malthouse was getting pushed out. So I think they would have gone, look, 
we've got Chris Judd. You know, we've got uh, we, we played finals two out of the last three years. I think we're on to something. Maybe we just need the guy, the premiership coach from two years ago. I mean, it, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I can understand it. But my memory at the time, and, you know, maybe Carlton supporters will tell me differently, was that even the fans were big. They loved Brett Ratton. I think everyone was a big fan of Brett Ratton. I don't know anyone who was like, this is the best decision. It seemed to be like a rogue board. Well, is there a chance that Ratton comes back? I don't think so. Would you? If you'd been sacked, like humiliatingly sacked by a company... Or I guess if you did come back, there would be specific conditions, right? Yeah. Like, for example, the board that sacked me have to go out into the middle of the ground in the first game and beg me publicly to come back. (laughs) I don't care that some of them are dead. Drag out their widows. (laughs) I mean, I think what will happen, because let's see what plays out at the Saints, but, you know, he would be... If he, if he doesn't get a, offered a, a senior coaching role at the end of the year, who knows who else will be gone by the end of the year. But he's a highly regarded assistant coach, was at Hawthorne for the three-peat. We all know what Alistair Clarkson's bloody coach factory is like. So if Brett Ratton isn't already being offered a job at the Saints or at Essendon or whoever else gets sacked by the end of the year, then maybe Carlton. But I think that he'll have another, enough offers on the table of around about the same opportunity and money that he wouldn't need to go back to that club that humiliated him he doesn't need to but he's a former champion of the club the opportunity to come back and set it right it feels like to me I, i'd be like yeah i'm gonna go back and and prove that they were wrong with this like really great list of players you know returning hero or do they need another because the only one that's really worked is a former champion player of carlton is that what they need to look at they need to look at somebody who's been a former carlton champion and get them to coach I'll get David Parkin back. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no I was thinking more Daisy Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton legend. Daisy Thomas, get Eddie Betts back. Get Eddie yeah. Betts back to coach them next year. Captain Josh coach. Kennedy. Josh Kennedy and Eddie Betts, co-captain, co-coaches, playing coaches. Bryce Gibbs. Get Bryce Gibbs back from the sample to coach. Ah, oh, man. What a disaster. I mean... I have a very real fear that this will be talking about the Saints by the end of the year uh, in this regard. Like, I think it's pretty unfair on Richo, considering the injuries we've had. Did you see any of the Shanghai game? (sighs) Mate, even just the whole, that whole trip was a disaster. Just every single thing about that trip was a disaster. Everyone got sick. Yeah. some of the I'm players like, couldn't play because they got sick. They had to send over extra players. Mate, there are less incidents on f- like end-of-season footy trips than we had in our mid-season four-points game. Uh, like, And they don't know whether it was the food that made them sick or maybe Blake Akers was already sick because they're saying when he got to China, they do the heat sensors you know, to see if anyone's bringing in bird flu and apparently... Yeah, he was already hot, so they might have picked up something on the plane. But you go over to China, and then Geary, like who <sighs> essentially had a season-ending injury and came back from it in like five weeks or six weeks because he's an absolute legend, and then goes over there and has another season-ending injury. Yeah, and it's that Mitch Wallace break too, which is the most mm. like embarrassing way to break your leg is to say, I kicked myself. In the leg. It was just, I actually turned it off at th- uh, halfway through the third quarter. I was like, I just, I can't endure this. And I get it. Like, we're a minnow of a club and that's a huge paycheck. Like, I think we got a half a million dollar fee plus 
all the extra sponsorship dollars and we fucking need to do it. Like we need to yeah. do something to kind of distinguish ourselves. But fuck, man, what a what a price to pay. I mean, chances are if we'd played that game at Marvel, we could have won. You know, it would have been an actual home game for us. We wouldn't have had half our team out with fucking and our coach out with food poisoning. So, yeah, you just I just I just feel bad for Richo because he's going to be judged on this year, but when you consider just the sheer run of bad luck we've had, it's not really a fair assessment, is it? Um, I think also that it's one of those ones where, you know, Port Adelaide have pulled the greatest con of all time with this China thing because it's not their home game, is it? It's like no. a Saints home game. Yeah. Port go every year. They get to sing Never Tear Us Apart. Crazy. They essentially do everything that means it's a home game without it being a home game for them at all. It's amazing. Yeah, and get paid a shit ton of money. Now, look, I'm not against like the idea of playing for premiership points outside of Australia. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all for growing the brand, but just not my team. <laughs> Can we make it right. someone else's team? I just, I just, I've never. I mean, was well, there any chance that we even, should move Carlton to China? Yeah, maybe. I mean, they've got to try something. I just, I just don't know. Like, I, the Saints and traveling. We were one of the first teams to kind of try and make. Tasmania a thing and we bailed on that because we couldn't win a game there then we went to New Zealand and we couldn't win a game over there now we're going to China it's like I just don't know that we are for some reason there's in our, something in our club's DNA we cannot travel and win games mm-hmm. yeah well I mean I think that, that that China trip just sounds like an absolute nightmare though I will well, say that it just we've, we've got another two years of it <laughs> <laughs> But when your club's $9 million in debt, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. We're just paying the bills. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it kind of feels like that. Even, you know, you look at Melbourne and I'm sure, uh, are you still enjoying this disastrous, disastrous season? Am I still enjoying it? <laughs> Charlie, it's the only joy I'm getting out of this current <laughs> AFL season. My team's terrible. I'm getting no joy out of that. The Demons are the only thing that are keeping me interested in the AFL. I mean, they were perfectly disappointing up north in oh, Darwin. Oh, God. It couldn't have been like, for more them, disappointing. Five goals up, looking good, looking mm. like they were back. I watched the first half of that, and I was like, oh, here we go, Melbourne. You know what? And I was getting some joy out of Melbourne being good. I wasn't feeling bad about it. I wasn't feeling resentful. I was like, oh, good. I'm glad that Melbourne are actually starting to play well. This is good for the Demon supporters. But you know what? I enjoyed even more. Then kicking one goal 11 for the rest of the game and losing. Oh, man. And losing in like on the siren in such heartbreaking fashion. It's just, but that's another team that is chasing like a paycheck up in Darwin. And you just got to wonder, it's like for the season they're having, how badly it's gone. Would they, would they reassess if they knew that they were going to be three wins for the year? Would they, and they had the option to move it back to Melbourne? Would you move it back? Well, I actually think they played in Darwin because, you know, the, the rule about Darwin, you know, for the people who live up there and stuff is you don't ask them about what happened before they got to Darwin. Yeah. You know, your life in Darwin starts once you get to Darwin. There's a lot mm. of people in Darwin who are running away from things. And I think that's why the Demons are playing up there. So no one will ask them about their, <laughs> their record for the rest of the season. They're like, no, no, no. You know the rules up here. You're only allowed to ask me about what's happened in Darwin. Um, what about the Bulldogs? A bit of a shellacking. You kept with uh, West Coast. I actually saw most games this weekend. My wife's away, can you tell? Because I managed to watch most games this weekend. Uh, you hung in there for the first half, but then just West Coast, too good. 
I mean, a lot of people are talking about, you know, the, the Collingwood, uh, you know, loss, uh, mm. the touched the touch goal. But, I mean, the big one that needs to be investigated by the AFL was the, the Bonson Pally touch. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, I think it Changed decided the, the game. Yeah, yeah. Changed Change the, the game. Changed the game. I think we were really flying up until that point. I mean, that was one of those games of football where you're just like, watch the first half, don't watch yeah. the second half. But that is the difference now that we're seeing. We talked about it last week is those five or so top clubs just have that extra gear that they can kick into. Um, I guess a surprise packet is that North Melbourne apparently have gears as well now. Like North Melbourne, yeah. our reliable old E.H. Holden that we used to say, like, you know, just it's, it's a good looking, reliable car. But suddenly they've been souped up. Someone's dropped a brand new engine in there and they've got new gears. They looked so good. The pro- only problem is they've had two weeks in a row. This is what they've played well, right? The coach got sacked, mm. and then that first week with a new coach, right? Yeah. The big test is can you do it three weeks in a row where you don't have one of those two things? Mm. I would say if they don't, what they've got to do then for the rest of the season is they've got to sack Reshaw the next right. week yeah. so the players play for him, and then they install a new coach, uh, the players play for him, and then the week after you sack the new coach, and then you install a new coach. And you roll that for the rest of the season. Sure, they're going to go through 10 or 12 coaches, but they might make the finals. And of course, the game featured probably the biggest highlight of the round, which was Razor Ray copping a football in the plums. <laughs> there is nothing that delights commentators more than a player. I mean, a Falcon probably comes close second, but someone copping it in the plums and an umpire copping it in the plums... I mean, I don't know how many times I saw that replay, but it would be at least 20 times. Well, particularly when it's Razor Ray, too. Like, because, you know, pretty much any other umpire, you'd be like, ha, ah, it was funny, the umpire copped it in the nuts. But when it's Razor Ray, you know, he's the big personality yeah, and yeah. who a lot of people think probably deserves one in the nuts every <laughs> now and again. There's been a lot of great supercuts uh, cutting Razor Ray into that Hans Molman footage. You know where Hans Molman goes to the film festival? <laughs> Man gets hit and groin by football. That's pretty brilliant. Um, I the other highlight of that game was Reese Shaw eating lollies. Mm. Yeah, that was that was that was the other thing they focused. Chowan on. threw an Allen's party mix like you wouldn't believe. I mean, it was like he had the munchies. Yeah, like it was just. I was like, man, I hope you don't have a long coaching career because you're gonna you're <laughs> not gonna fit in the box by the end of the season. He has like a, it, it was, you're right. It was the, if you've ever seen an ex attic smoke a cigarette, that's the way he eats Alan's lollies. <laughs> like just getting every last bit of sugary hit out of that thing. Like, I don't know how you eat your Alan's party mix, but I like to, you know, I like to work, work my way around the smorgasbord, have a bit of flavor. He was just like, he plowed through the milk bottles, then he hit the snakes, then he hit the jelly babies. <laughs> Yeah, he was actually holding uh, the snakes like you hold a prison cigarette between two fingers inside his hand as he just <laughs> sucked, sucked it into his mouth. <laughs> hey, um, I was listening to uh, one of the Saints uh, Insider podcasts. Uh, there's, they've got one that Jaron Geary does with Jack Billings and Jack Nunes um, called Talking Jack with Jaron. And they had a little bit of discussion... <laughs> <laughs> they had a little, little bit of a discussion around nicknames. You all right? It's called Talking Jack with Jaron. Yeah. Well, it's either that or Jack Off, I believe, is the other name. Well, I got to say, there's like, didn't you guys just recruit another Jack? Another Jack, our eighth. 
Yeah. So I suppose it makes sense. You can have any Jack. A guy, we drafted a guy called Jack Mayo, and you better believe the amount of puns involving Mayo. Um, but they were having a discussion about a, a nickname that I, uh, made me laugh, Tom Hickey, who used to play for the Saints, now plays at West Coast. So he's okay. a little bit of a nickname evolution for you. So his nickname is Marshy, and they get to, and this is where it starts. So they had a long discussion about how he, he's, he's, apparently his bum is quite far up his back. It's they say his crack is quite long, and so his nickname at the club was Backass because his bum stretched so far up his back. Sure, Backass yep. becomes Marsh. Backus becomes Backus Marsh yep. becomes Marshy. Yep, nice, good. Backass, Backass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, did so you uh, noticed in your game? Did Jack Darlin's got a beard now? Mm. Do you think kinda. he looks like? No, it's a beard, and he kind of looks like JJK stunt double. There's a few times when the ball went in the forward line where initially I got confused about who I was looking at. They've got very I mean, similar frames. I mean, they got similar frames, but I don't think they have similar beards. Now, not I'm not yet. a man who got. I'm not a man who grows a great beard, so I'm not like in any position to judge those. Uh, but when you're standing next to a guy in the forward line who has an impressive beard like JJK, mm. your beard is going to be judged alongside his beard. Like, you know, at Port Adelaide, yeah. for example, you've got Westhoff with his beard and then you had uh, Charlie Dixon who had an equally impressive beard. Yeah. So you've got to, if you're going to grow a beard in the West Coast forward line, you've got to make sure that it's going to be an equally impressive beard. Yeah, but they have similar. I didn't realize until I, because I there's a couple of times where I, I I I confuse them for each other, and I was like, oh, they actually have similar kind of gangly frames, and I think that I think that Jack Darling should grow a proper long beard and just make it like a feature, like ZZ Top. The forward line should just be oh, two yes. guys who look identical. JJ Top. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I do like that, actually. Um, and they would both look... Like, when they were standing next to the goalposts, they'd both look like woodcutters. <laughs> lumberjacks. Yeah, lumberjacks. I'm from a timber town. I probably should have known what that was called. But yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I do like an impressive beard, and I do... Oh, by the way, speaking of Western Australian fashion choices, thank yeah. you to the person who sent me... Um, well, last week, I, I floated the idea of why... Um, Ryan and Cox from Fremantle had the exact same haircut. Mm. And uh, I have been sent Instagram footage of them go going to the hairdresser together, getting their haircut. So thank you very much for that. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Was that a whisper from the West? I guess it was a whisper from the West. It was an Instagram from the West. I now follow Brendan Cox on Instagram. <laughs> um, all right. Now we have uh, a hard out for you. So we're going to run this yes. up the next 10 minutes or so. So should we look at the games ahead? Yeah, why not? It's too early to do that. We can discuss it. We oh, no, discuss we can it. look we, and you can... Um, take our times. Yeah. Take our times? And, I don't know why I pluralized that. Yeah, we can take that. our times. <laughs> All right, so it's buy around, so it's going to be uh, a shorter preview. Uh, first game up is the uh, Tigers taking on Geelong at the MCG. Um, did you see any of the Swans-Geelong game? Oh, yeah, I did see a little bit of that game, actually. Yeah, so um, that, that's another example of a team that can hang in there for a half 
And then the other team just finds another gear and goes berserk. Because the Swans were very competitive. And I was like, oh, could be an upset brewing here. But no, no upset brewing. Geelong is still very strong at home. They are. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter. No Ablett uh, still win. Geelong, bring one in, bring one out. And uh, even, you know, someone will just punch you in the head. Tom Hawkins yeah. did Yeah, it. Tommy Hawkins you know, If Ablett's not up. there to punch someone in the head, Tom Hawkins will step up and he'll punch someone in the head. Uh, all right, so Tigers versus Geelong at the MCG. They both play pretty well at the MCG, although Richmond probably slightly better. Um, Cochin's got one more game under his belt. I'm going to pick the Tigers. Tigers to bounce back for me. Yeah, Tigers were a bit ordinary, um, I thought. and um, They were, weren't they? They, they, they do need flat. Yeah, they do need to bounce back. Um, MCG, bit of a fortress for them. Geelong are due to lose one, um, but I think Geelong are just too good at the moment, so I'm going to say Geelong beat Richmond. What did you think about Dusty's game last Friday? Like First half was pretty good. Yeah, a couple of cameos, and you're like, ooh, here we go. And even the, How much do the commentators love bringing up 2017? They're always like, oh, he's back to 2017 form. Like, they just can't wait to bring up the greatest season of any player ever. And it's like, eh. Yeah. No, and and Richmond fans, I think, are like, oh, we'd settle for 2018 for him. Yeah. He was still pretty good in 2018. Let's just get him back to 2018 for him. And if you want to get him back to 2017, we can do that after 2018 for him. I mean, there is shit that that guy can do. Like, just his, like, one-on-one. Is there a better one-on-one player than him? Like, if you can get him isolated in the forward line and get the ball, like, it's virtually guaranteed he's going to kick a goal. I wonder what the statistics on that are. Yeah, he was he was amazing in that first half, and it did look like he was going to have one of those games where he tore it apart. I was thinking the extra responsibility because obviously he's got his new after the mid season draft. He's got the yeah the guy the who's new moved guy into staying him. with him. Yeah. yeah, staying with him. So you know, a bit of uh, leadership responsibility there from Dusty. Maybe you know takes that onto the field. Yeah, maybe. Or you know, just does his Tuesday night routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, living with Dusty is one of those things. If they wanted to sell more memberships down at the Tigers. <laughs> we can't ever, ever talk about that. Okay, on Saturday, the Blues take on the Brisbane Lions at Marvel Stadium. Is it possible, Will? Do they get the bounce? Do they get the North Melbourne bounce? I mean, it's yes, they could. They, that Absolutely, they could. Um, Brisbane, you know, it's still not as good away from home as they are at home. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I believe in Brisbane. I think Brisbane are going to make the finals. And and so if they're going to make the finals, they can't drop this one to Carlton. Now, Harris Andrews is out injured, right? I believe. Oh, is he? I think oh, so. How okay. good a player. I've only really just become aware of him this year. But I watched that yeah. game. Up until this year, I thought he was a menswear store. I've got to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, or chocolates, fancy chocolates. It's like, yeah, the Fox Footy commentators are dressed by Harris Andrews. But uh, Harris Andrews, what a gun though! He's got. Like, he reminds me yeah, a bit of uh, Brett amazing. Burton from Adelaide, just like, just tall and lanky and skillful, and just like the intercept marking. Um, yeah, they're really good. I just can't. I just feel like, at least with the North Melbourne bounce, there was some kind of idea that look, you know. Uh, Brad Scott's falling on his sword. There's some pride here, a bit of that shin bone of spirit. Whereas Carlton are just so beaten and 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 down. I just can't even see this giving him a bounce. So I'm going to pick the Lions. Lions for me. I mean, they will miss Harris Andrews, uh, the most unlikely looking footballer at the moment. To, to did be you see that bit of play 
where he was running back with the flight. The ball bounced and he jumped up NBA style, plucked it out of the air with one hand and then just like turned and dished it off. It was like such a spectacular bit of play. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, gee, actually, without him, I'm, I'm almost starting to think that maybe Carlton could have the bounce. No, I don't think I don't think they can turn it around enough. I'm going to say Brisbane as well. Gold Coast take on North Melbourne at Metricon Stadium. Yeah, of course. Gee, so they reckon that Gold Coast Giants game last week had less people at it than the Shanghai game. <laughs> um. That's In fact, brilliant. many people many people went to China just to avoid <laughs> going to that game. Um, right. So this is uh, uh, North Melbourne could have been Gold Coast uh, once upon a time. So I wonder if there's any feeling here. Just don't know about Gold Coast. I feel like they just run out of puff. North Melbourne are resurgent, but you know what? I want to believe. I want to believe in North Melbourne. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna they're gonna smuggle some shinbonus spirit through customs uh, through security, take it up there, and they're gonna win that game. I would have thought on the Gold Coast you could probably get some shinbone of spirit. Just pop down to Cocktails and Dreams or somewhere and there'll be a guy with plenty some shinbone of spirit. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to take your own. At Schoolies Week, there's always plenty of shinbone spirit all over the beaches of the Gold Coast. Um, yeah, I reckon North Melbourne on a roll now. Uh, so Mike Hal said, just to confirm, 9,400 at Shanghai, 7,600 at Gold Coast versus Giants. Footy's doing great. <laughs> Adelaide take on GWS at Adelaide Oval. Um, oh, did you see that footage after the game in Darwin of Eddie Betts going up to the crowd, all those like young Indigenous kids and just like high-fiving? Was that the most like heartwarming footage of the round? It was so great. Just the smiles on their faces and it's just like, he's, he's a gem, Eddie Betts. Yeah, Carlton must be wrapped they got rid of him. <laughs> um. Uh, look, I think the Giants are building to something pretty special. They're kind of my, I mean, it's probably weird to say that they're Smokies because they've got so many superstars, but I just reckon, I reckon something's gone on in the west of Sydney and I think they'll beat Adelaide at home. Adelaide are tough at the Adelaide Oval, but yeah, I think GWS as well. And Sunday, the Swans take on the West Coast Eagles at the SCG. Uh, ooh, okay. No. West, west Coast. West yeah. Coast win that, <laughs> Yeah, why did yeah. you even <laughs> pretend? Yeah, West Coast. <laughs> Easily I was like, what's well, that there, CG? You know, you never know. Uh, and the last game of the round is the Pies taking on Melbourne at the MCG. Uh, what's this, the Mother's the Day The Freeze match? MND Queen? game? Oh, Freeze MND game, right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Collingwood. <laughs> Collingwood will win that game. Collingwood win that game and Nick Revolt to do his hip. Yeah, I would think that Collingwood win that game also. Um, Bob Murphy to freeze to death in the ice bath. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, guys. Sorry, it's a short episode this week. We and Luke pl- Beveridge to grab the medal off his neck <laughs> and say, "I'm out of here." <laughs> off his cold, dead body. Uh, short episode this week. Uh, sorry about that. We'll be back to normal programming next week. Um, you can check out our Facebook page. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Will do you have anything to promote at this stage? Uh, well, speaking of Darwin, I am going up to Darwin for the Darwin Festival to do my Will Legal show, and that is on sale now. Uh, ticket selling fast, so if you want to come and see Will Legal in Darwin, uh, buy some tickets to that. Play on, not 15. Ball! We are two guys, one car.